Great summer day. Countdown to the Twins and the Orioles. Game two of the three games set from Baltimore. Uh, the weather in Baltimore, not as great. There was a weather delay at the start last night. Uh, the radar picture right now, okay, but there is a threat of thunderstorm activity uh, well to the north. Uh, you go straight north of Baltimore, you get to Harrisburg, PA, and uh, there's a lot of thunderstorm activity rolling through central PA right now. But uh, the area around Camden Yards, clear for now. They should get started on time. Uh, there is a rain threat again tomorrow. And then, of course, uh, the Twins return to Target Field and play a holiday homestand. Uh, they'll play Monday night against the Kansas City Royals at Target Field. That'll be a 6.30 lineup card, first pitch 7.10. And then a 4th of July matinee on the 4th at 1.10. And there is a chance of showers and thunderstorms in the area on the 4th. And then a traditional 6.40 start on Wednesday night for the Royals. And then the homestand. Uh, these same Orioles come to town uh, next Friday night for a weekend series at Target Field. Right now we're joined by Twins beat writer from the Star Tribune, Phil Miller. Phil, I hope you're doing well. Same to you, Steve, although you were uh, spreading a lot of uh, lot of uh, negative news there with all the uh, rain delays. Uh, we went into the season uh, fearing uh, – you know, rain outs and what that could mean because the, you know, the twins, uh, the new schedule means that uh, there are in a lot of cities that they don't go back to. Uh, and uh, so far they have escaped uh, without uh, too many disruptions, but uh, man, you, uh, you sound like uh, the, the weather downer guy. Yeah. I, and I, I don't mean to be, but we, <laughs> we do need rain in these parts it's just sure. unfortunate there's a threat of rain on the 4th of July uh, of all days, but uh, we'll, we'll keep our fingers crossed that that matinee uh, gets in. Looks like the 3rd will be good at Target Field, and you know we'll keep our fingers crossed on the 4th, and I think Wednesday will be all right. So, uh, But they did dodge raindrops. They started late in Baltimore and cruised to an 8-1 victory. This in the wake of... A dreadful three games against the Atlanta Braves and a lot of hand-wringing. Then a players-only meeting. Uh, they emerge and get the big 8-1 victory. Pablo Lopez was good. Uh, the bats were booming. Three guys who had really struggled. Uh, Gallo, Kepler, and Buxton hit it over the fence at Camden Yards. So for a day, all is right in the world. Yeah, I, was, I kind of enjoyed how they... Uh... The, the twins treated it as uh, okay. Now we're taking it serious. Now things are changing. Uh, so yeah, they're one and zero oh in this uh, in this put their foot down uh, phase of the season. Uh, it, unfortunately, baseball doesn't work like that. Uh, the changes that uh, they need to make are are uh, uh, they are going to take a little more than just uh, setting your mind to it to uh, fix. But uh, you could see the relief in the dugout. Uh, it has been uh, it has been a tense place, getting tenser as the uh, as the hitting problems have piled up. I, you know, I look at the pitchers and I I have asked several pitchers, uh, does it put more pressure on you when you are out there and uh, and they're not scoring runs for you? Poor Bailey Ober pitches today. He went a span of five starts where the Twins scored one run while he was on the mound. Uh, uh, you know, they scored after he left, but I mean. It seems like constant pressure, and all the pitchers 
to a man say, uh, you know, they're team guys. No, no, uh, you know, we all have our jobs to do, and I'm uh, I'm very supportive. But uh, you could tell the mood was getting tenser and tenser. Yeah, and you look at a guy like Sonny Gray, who out of the gate was lights out and has still pitched pretty well for the Minnesota Twins, but just not getting any run support. And and this guy's got a bulldog attitude and uh, so on and so forth. But but you look at the number of runs scored, really, for any of the starters, not, not Sonny Gray or, or Bailey Ober, up and down the list. Yeah, it, it's got a way on them. But then ultimately... Uh, a player's only meeting, and I, I brought this up earlier in the program today. You know that that, that that's fine if if someone's not getting along, but the, the the act of hitting is such an individual thing. It's you against the pitcher. It's you dealing with your own swing thoughts. That I, I I'm not sure how a player's only meeting is going to you know, sort out what's going through some of these guys' heads on an individual basis. Well, yeah, and Rocco talked about, uh, you know, too many strikeouts, and uh, and uh, they are indeed uh, uh, at a record pace for strikeouts. But you take a closer look, and nobody's strikeout rate is particularly out of line with their career numbers. Uh, you know, uh, Joey Gallo, uh, I think uh, he now leads the team in home runs. Uh, his strikeout rate is actually down from last year and uh, is right in line with his historic totals. Uh, Byron Buxton, uh, you know, his strikeouts spiked over the last two years, as his power did too. Um, he is uh, he's a big uh, strikeout culprit this year, but it's it's right in line with his uh, with his career uh, norms, especially as he has uh, gotten older. Uh, really the only guy that's seen his strikeout rate kind of jump is uh, Michael Taylor, and then they are up from last year, but he's also uh, at a pace to play more games than he uh, has at any point in his career. So, uh, you know, some of that is to be expected. I would I would say that this is a team built to strike out a lot, uh, and then they hope also, uh, uh, you know, have a lot of extra base hits, a lot of hard-hit balls. Um the fact that they're striking out is is kind of was kind of baked into the recipe for this team. It's the fact that uh, they're um, making so little contact uh, that they are making so little hard hit contact that is uh, really been the problem. And you're right, uh, that's an individual person by person fix that uh, is uh, you know you would like to say that this meeting cleared the air and and really changed things. Um, you know, the biggest thing that changed is they don't have to play the Braves anymore. Um, you know, that's a, that's a really good thing because the Braves sure look like the best team in the game right now. Mm. Yeah, and on a serious tear, the Orioles have been pretty good. One of the big surprises, certainly in the American League and maybe the major leagues overall, but the, the Twins got, got it done 8-1 to one on Friday night. Uh, as far as Rocco Baldelli, his his approach appears to be uh, steady as she goes, uh, a player's manager, uh, managed by the numbers, you know, re- rely on, on the, the analytics and, and what the numbers say. And, and I would assume that Rocco Baldelli being outwardly annoyed as of late 
more than maybe we've seen in his tenure as Twins manager, might have as big an impact. Our producer, Josh Wheeler, brought it up earlier in the program when we talked about the players-only meeting. And I think it is a great take that, you know, if the players sense that the manager's clearly annoyed and something needs to change, that, that can shake something up as much as anything. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean Rocco clearly has the support of the front office. There, uh, he meets with uh, with Derek Falvey or uh, Thad Levine or a member of the front office after every game. Uh, uh, at home, uh, they uh, they do a post mortem uh, on on every game in his office. So uh, I don't I don't I don't think uh, there's uh, anything but support for him. Uh, his approach to the players is interesting he's very very much a knows what it was like to be a player knows what it was like to be an injured player um knows what uh, players need in that uh in that circumstance uh i was intrigued by the fact that he made it sound like he said things have to change uh and and that uh, there are going to be changes and you know he did not elaborate but it was certainly taken uh, in the market, uh, certainly taken by Twins fans to mean uh, roster shakeup, maybe coaching staff shakeup. Um, so it was interesting when they uh, when they played yesterday. It's the same 26 guys that were in Atlanta. It's the exact same coaching staff. Uh, you know, maybe uh, we were reading too much into it. It sounded like he was ready to uh, to shuffle the deck uh, quite a bit. As it turned out, all he did was. Uh, you know, they talked a lot about it, talked about taking accountability. He put Carlos Correa at the top of the lineup. But, uh, um, you know, if, if he he gave the hint that there were going to be big structural changes and it, so far they have not happened. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just, uh, you know, we got to get serious about this. Maybe uh, that uh, that kind of attitude uh, coming from him will rub off in the clubhouse. Uh, but everything comes back to they play every game and and you know two weeks from now they'll have played more than a dozen uh games and then you know it'll be interesting to see if we still remember uh, uh all the ups and downs that uh, they're going through on this road trip yeah and you you look at some of the things and i i don't know if enough is being made out of uh, the the absence of Jorge Polanco and what he means to the lineup. They have Eddie Julian out there who's uh, done a nice job with the bat, but but certainly leaves a lot to be desired in the field at this point in his young major league career. But but getting a a guy like Polanco back uh, could be stabilizing, and he just hasn't been in the lineup enough. And I I think he's a real X factor for the club. I do too. Uh, he really he really extends the lineup. You can feel it uh, when he is uh, uh, when he's in the lineup. They uh, they do go deeper. There's another power threat uh, in the lineup that they're missing now. And he he has what the, what Rocco and all the players have been talking about consistency. Uh, he is a lot less prone to ups and downs. He is uh, much more of a of a steady hand. Uh, out there and uh you know they it's a streaky team byron buxton and joey gallo are two of the streakiest players i've ever seen in my life um but uh, polanco uh, really counters that uh and uh yeah they i I think you're right i think we uh underestimate uh how much they're uh, how much they miss him yeah i think he's only got i don't think he has half a dozen uh home runs yet this year you know he's a guy that that they can uh, usually get about 25 from so uh it's uh, it, it's something that uh, is definitely uh, um, tamped down on their on their consistency. 
Royce Lewis is back in the lineup, and here's a guy who apparently has changed his approach a little bit, and uh, Lewis had a nice game, three hits against the Orioles. There, there are a lot of people, they bang out 13 hits. But Lewis is a guy who, who really has, by all accounts, there's, there's quotes, he's, he's talked to the media uh, about his change in approach, and it, it is paying dividends. It is. Uh, he is uh, He is uh, off to a uh, really, really good start for uh, what is essentially his real rookie year. Uh, um, you know, he only had a couple of weeks last year before getting hurt. Uh, and, you know, usually you, you figure uh, rookies are the most streak-prone uh, guys that, uh, yep. that there's a lot to adjust to. He he does not, but, you know, maybe last year uh, really helped in that uh, aspect. He uh, was at spring training with the team and uh, very much feels a part of it. So, uh, uh, yeah, they, it, that has been a real revelation uh, and has really helped with uh, the uh, the lack of production that they got from Jose Miranda, which was a uh, – which was a big surprise because he has he has improved every year in the last five years and uh, step back he took this year um, has uh, has really did some damage to their run scoring ability uh, you know they're, they're more than a hundred runs behind the uh, league leaders now uh, um, and uh, Royce has uh, really stepped in and you know kind of looked like uh, an everyday player that uh, you can count on for a long time now. I said much the same about Miranda last year because uh, the trend lines were nothing but up. But uh, Royce uh, has, you know, he's not selling out for power. He uh, he's willing to just uh, hit hit the gap and get some doubles, and uh, that's uh, that's an approach that that uh, this team needs because uh, it's very much an all or nothing uh, team at the plate uh, a lot of time these days. Bob Miller joining us from the Star Tribune. Twins and Orioles coming up. Lineup card about 10 minutes away with Chris, Corey Probus, Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play from Camden Yards. And then the Twins come home, and they'll get the Royals and the Orioles. I wanted to get your thoughts about this before we let you go, Phil, and we do appreciate the time, is that uh, the, the schedule lightens up a little bit for the Twins. I think I heard something that, you know, between now and the end of the season, the the, the the Twins have a pretty easy schedule. They, they've got a lot of the tougher teams in the rearview mirror, but um, y- y- you want to take that with a, a grain of salt considering the way they've struggled at the plate uh, for much of the year. But but nevertheless, things do lighten up a little bit. Well, their last two road trips took them to the best team in the American League and the best pitching team in the American League. Uh, and uh, the best uh, team in the National League, the best pitching team in the National yeah. League, they, the Rays and the Braves, they went 0-6 in those games and uh, looked uh, outclassed in both stops. Uh, and that, uh, you, you know, that that they couldn't, that they didn't seem uh, especially competitive uh, with those teams, I think uh, has really uh, hurt the most. But uh, you're right, uh, a little bit of Royals, a little bit of A's will, uh, will make every, anybody uh, feel better uh, so uh, they they have to go and take advantage of it. But uh, you're right. The rest of this month, uh, they they go to Seattle. Uh, but then uh, uh, it's it's uh, just two series home and home with the Royals in the next uh, in the next oh, four weeks or so. Um, so uh, yeah, the the easing up of the schedule. You know, it's a it's a team that has that is profiting off of uh, playing in a terrible division with. Uh, four teams that are below 500, 
Well, one thing they haven't done is played those four teams uh, very much. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, they're they're losing a half a dozen games against each one of those teams. That's 24, uh, 24 games where they would normally be uh, pretty uh, pretty much favored to win those games. Um, so you can't be uh, – it's not as bad times where you can see the slumps and streaks coming uh, because of your schedule, but – uh, I do think the Twins uh, are going to have a lot better July after uh, visiting a couple places that uh, were really hard on them. Yeah, so uh, Kansas City next at home after they wrap up the series in Baltimore. Phil, always good to visit with you. Take care, and hopefully we can do it again down the road. You too, Steve. Look forward to it. Thanks. All right, there he is, Phil Miller of Star Tribune online, Star Tribune Dot com. Twins and Orioles coming up. We'll come back, sneak peek at the lineup, uh, check the Major League scoreboard and the standings before we turn it over to Chris Hatterberry in the lineup card at 2.30. Then the Twins and the Orioles from Camden Yards. Still a gem. Uh, Corey Provis, Dan Gladden with all the play-by-play here on News Talk. A3-O-W-C-C-O. From the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line, when you go 0 for 26 with runners in scoring position against Atlanta, there needs to be some accountability on the players. Yes, yes, indeed, there does. Players only meeting. Uh, for a game, Twins, bats booming, good pitching. Pablo Lopez, 8-1 victory over the Orioles. They get back at it today. And, uh, by the way, our pregame show, the lineup card, starts shortly. Chris Atterbury will take over. Count you down to the first pitch. Chris Atterbury uh, once again turns it over to uh, Corey Probus and Dan Gladden here on the home of the Twins. Let's see if we can get a sneak peek at that lineup uh, for the ball game today. Um, I know it is the lineup card, and Dan Gladden has the starters just before first pitch. But I, I always like to uh, see how they're going to go today. We know it's going to be Bailey Ober on the mound, 4-4, four and four, ERA just under 3, at 2.97, and hopefully uh, Ober gets some run support. Uh, it just wasn't a one-day thing uh, for the Twins in the ball game today that they they actually keep that keep it rolling a little bit. Here's how the Twins are going to go. Carlos Correa will lead off and play at shortstop. Eddie Julian at second will bat second. Byron Buxton, the DH, will bat third. Alex Gerloff at first will be in the cleanup spot. Batting fifth at third base, Royce Lewis hitting uh, a very nice 3.33. Batting six in right field, Max Kepler batting seventh. It'll be Vasquez catching. Gallo in left, batting eighth. And then uh, Taylor will be in center field in bat ninth. So Correa, Julian, Buxton, Kirilov, Lewis, Kepler, Vasquez, Gallo, and Taylor. Uh, Bailey Ober, the starting pitching uh, for the Minnesota Twins in the ball game today. Quick look at what's going on around the major leagues. Uh, going to the bottom of the sixth, San Diego leading at Cincinnati 5-1. to one. In the fourth, St. Louis all over the visiting New York Yankees 7-0. The Red Sox and Blue Jays delayed at the start. Um, all the other action coming up later on today in the big leagues. In that 3-0-5 uh, central time window, Twins and Orioles over against Bradish. Big thanks to Josh Wheeler. Big thanks to all our guests joining us on the program today, including Phil Miller from the Star Tribune a moment ago. Enjoy the ballgame here on News Talk, E3O WCCO.